0: From RF Smart. This is Taking Inventory, a podcast all about better controlling your supply chain and improving inventory management. And now, your host, Sarah Archer.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Taking Inventory with RF Smart. I'm your host, Sarah Archer, and on this podcast, we talk about WMS, we talk about ERP, we share customer stories. And today, we're going to be talking about some exciting new functionality that's available to our customers. Um, So some of you might have seen the title of this episode and thought are you guys really going to do another episode about counting? And the answer is yes. (laughs) We are going to do another episode about counting. This is the third episode we've done about counting. And the reason that we talk about counting so much is because it is very important to our customers. We know if you listen to the very first episode of this podcast that it's really the foundation of accurate inventory, making sure that your counting is correct. And so we started the season talking about cycle counting. In the middle of the season, we talked about preparing for annual counts and what not to do there go back and listen to that episode if you haven't and now we're going to end with an episode on this new functionality called stock count planning and what that means and of course we're doing that because counting is mission critical and it's it's critical for accurate inventory for any business and it helps our smart customers accomplish uh, what they need to do and it's it's entirely more efficient um so today in the studio in Jacksonville I've got two people in Jacksonville not zooming anybody in today which is exciting I've got Robert Franz Mathis and Seth King um Seth you've been on the podcast before um he has actually it was the first episode we ever did right before COVID and the world shut down um and so you've Change positions. Some things have happened since then. Um, Can you tell us about what you've been up to and maybe share with us another little fun fact about yourself?
2: Sure. Well, good morning. So um, the last time I was here, I was currently covering the West Coast territory for our Smart as a Sales Executive. I now lead the new business team for North America and Canada. I believe my last fun fact was something around national parks, but I figured I'd throw it back to my last job with the next fun fact and talk about the fact that I used to sell fish. So Robert, trivia question. What do you think the most expensive fish I ever sold was? One fish. These
0: are just like tropical fish, some kind. Um, I don't know, 400 bucks. $15,000.
2: $15,000. Wow.
1: Why? I was way off. <laughs> Why would anybody buy a fish? Can you tell us more about this fish?
2: It was a like 450 pound bluefin tuna. So it was like $35 oh, okay. a pound. Okay.
0: Oh, wow. I so, thought these are ornamental fish like for your home. This is like selling for, for eating.
2: I wish I did that.
1: Gross. <laughs> the, the whole thing. So $15,000 for one tuna. That's it. That's um, exciting, uh, and also, I mean, just how much has changed in eight months or nine months? How long? How long have we been in uh, lockdown? I can't even count anymore. Um, but how so much has changed? So exciting new position. No longer selling fish, selling software. So you may, if you're listening, your customer, you may know Seth. He may have sold you our smart in the past, or he may be uh, to helping helping as you uh, as you work with another account. But um, Robert, you're here. Um and so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it over to you. You're a first timer on the podcast. Yes. Um so tell us about yourself and your job and then you have gotta tell us a fun fact. I, how many fish have you sold in your lifetime?
0: Uh, zero. <laughs> a few I'd like to get rid of. Of course, my you know, we've had uh, my son's one goldfish at a neighborhood Halloween party about four years ago, throw a ball in a bowl and you get a fish and all of a sudden you have a pet that you didn't want and they lived for a very long time and they recently passed. So
1: oh, I'm I'm no sorry longer to hear that.
0: Yes, but I'm no longer <laughs> cleaning a fish tank oh, that's, every month, so it's hey, not pros horrible.
1: and cons. <laughs> so, what about your job? What do you do at RF smart? Yeah, I'm
0: a product manager in our uh, in our products team for Netsuite. Um, so that involves uh, the ongoing manager of the product, uh, working on design for new features, um, working with our development team as we maintain the product, keep it up with um, with various features that Netsuite may be, uh, with may Netsuite be offering in the ERP system. Um, and is our ongoing maintenance of the, of the product from month to month as we release.
1: And so fun fact, what should we know about you other than you don't have a fish anymore?
0: Yeah. You know, you, you, you had told me previous fun facts. And I was thinking I don't really have anything that stands up this interesting. Um, I, so I'm going to, I'm going to tag on, onto fish, the fish story here a little bit because I play, I play soccer still at my, I should probably give it up because I just tore my ACL. Um, but I'm going <laughs> to no. get it repaired and, and, and try continue to try on in my mid forties here. But, um, play soccer with somebody who is in the business of selling fish which is why I thought you were talking about selling ornamental fish. And, uh, so this isn't a fun fact about me, but I just thought it was an interesting fact. Um, and he has a booming business of selling crawfish because they are extremely prized in other parts of the world as ornamental fish. Which no is way. why Yeah. So not a fun fact about me, but
1: did you know that about the crawfish?
2: Uh, I know his guy, I know his friend though. Oh, Really? He's got a trench coat on the corner. And he says, you guys yeah. want any fish? <laughs>
1: yeah. You guys have a crawfish guy? <laughs> you know, talk to my crawfish guy. He can hook you up. That's very interesting. Okay, so if you uh, if you are in the market for fish, these are the two guys to talk to. They've got a guy. Um, all right, well, so we're going to transition to talking about stock count planning, which is why we were here today. Um, and if you were in my high school English class, um, then you... And you had uh, Miss Burchett, and she taught you the five Ys and H or five Ws and an H, right? When we're what, why, and how? Um, we're going to kind of walk through that for stock count planning. So we're going to start with the what. Um, so Robert, what is the stock count planning feature?
0: Sure. Um, so uh if, as a user of smart you might know we have um we already have the ability to create stock counts and then execute those stock counts in our mobile functions for for managing inventory accuracy um so depending on how our customers use that they may be using that to do um physical counts at the end of the year at the end of a quarter or they may want to count something they know is an exception and they might be using it also for cycle counting which i think sounds like has been talked about in in recent uh podcasts um one of the things we noticed we weren't that we've got customer feedback on and as we thought about the products is that we, we weren't making that easy enough to execute and easy enough for customers to adopt the practice of cycle counting. Um, so what this feature does is it allows uh, our customers to store their configurations for how they want to count. Different businesses might want to count in different ways. So depending on how they want to count, how they want to divide their inventory, how they want to divide um, physical spaces that they want to count – they now can save those configurations for repeated use. Whereas before they would always have to create counts on the fly. So if they have some repeated strategy for counting, they can save those configurations. Uh, And then the other thing, major thing that that we did in this feature is we've added the ability to essentially schedule those. So instead of the inventory manager or whoever's in charge of the counting program having to manually manage that process of count creation... Once it's configured and working as uh, as expected for the business, they can schedule this and counts can be created on whatever recurring cadence that you desire. So if you wanted to have a count that, that was created at the beginning of every month to count during the month or at the, once every weekend in order to have a count for that week, um, all of this can now be automated so that the counts are created without any uh, intervention or, or effort from whoever's owning that counting program.
1: So it sounds like it saves you just that much a more amount of time. I mean, really, um, as you are beginning to think about counting, um, here towards the end of the year, uh, what your plan is going into the next year, really, um, I, f- I feel like it's kind of huge to be able to just to save that time. Um, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, I might be getting ahead of myself, Robert. So Seth, feel free to kind of jump in here, but, um, as you started, you know, as your team kind of led this effort to begin, uh, building out this functionality what was the driver here what were you guys looking at uh customer analytics was it at one customer requesting this feature i mean really how how did this come about
0: well one of the things um that we look at in the product is, is is use of our various functions right it helps us steer what we ought to be doing what we ought to be developing um for our customers based upon their use and and while counting is a um significant feature currently that's used by our customers, there's still a significant population that don't use our counting features. And uh, when we think about what's important for running um, a good warehouse, inventory accuracy is a foundational characteristic of running a a well-run warehouse. And um, so we want to help customers have easier time adopting the practice of counting and maintaining the inventory accuracy on an ongoing basis, as opposed to doing it you know, around some sort of you know financial closure or end of year, or on an exception basis.
1: And so, Seth, yeah, do you want, do you have something to add there?
2: Yeah, just to, to kind of expound upon what Robert mentioned, so we can see what customers are using, what transactions. So we're we tend to be a very data driven company, so we start to look at what transactions are using. We can then track what customers are putting support cases as support cases in. And there was a trend that the clients who were steadily using our cycle count features or our full physical count features were actually the customers not putting support cases in. So what we determined was we need to make this counting process easier so more customers adopt it, thus less customers needing to call support overall. And then certainly um, we were certainly keeping up with the market in just the WMS space in general as this was uh, a common functional Need for a lot of our customers and in some other products as well. So we were kind of bringing our product up to market by releasing this count scheduler.
1: That kind of reminds me, a call back to another episode um, that we did about the inventory reporting tool, and just kind of another another way that um, we're. RF Smart is looking at the data and saying we, there's this need, and so we're going to to build functionality that is is helpful and useful for our customers. Um, in order to not have to put in a support ticket, I think that that's huge, right? Because um, we've all been there, we've all had to put in a, a support ticket, um, and so being able to just resolve that issue um, on your own, in the case of the inventory reporting tool, or in the case of the stock count planning feature you know, really having accurate inventory and reducing the amount of time you're spending troubleshooting or putting out fires. I think that that is, um, is kind of a, a big win. And so we've covered kind of the the what is it, why we created it. And so um, we're going to talk about the problems that it solves. Um, Robert, what problems does stock count planning help to solve?
0: Sure. Um, let's, I guess, start kind of at a high level. I mean, the, the value prop in total that this feature is attacking is driving inventory accuracy in the business, right? And um, the reason you want to have high inventory accuracy in the warehouse uh, is essentially you want, for any process you're executing physical movement of inventory or doing a transaction, you need items to be where they're expected to be and in the quantity they are expected to be. Um, otherwise, there's all sorts of exceptions that appear. And those exceptions uh, consume time to troubleshoot and resolve and and, and at a multiple factor of what um, it would be typically to actually have accurate inventory in the first place. Um, So at a high level, this is intended to help customers drive inventory accuracy in their business. Um, More specifically as it relates to the counting process, what it's helping solve are are a few, a few things. Um, One, we're, we're trying to have our customers have to spend less time on creating counts, right? So, because once a customer is dialed in how they want to count on an ongoing basis, um, They should just be able to execute that easily. And so that's one of the things we're attacking with the feature is trying to make that process easy to maintain those configurations of how you want to count and then repeatedly execute them without a lot of effort. So we're trying to reduce the time it takes from whoever's responsible for managing that inventory counting program as far as what they will spend in in creating the counts that then be executed by by a user in the warehouse. Um,
2: So, Robert – The example you gave around inventory accuracy being important because it impacts so many other processes. Would a good example of that be a client is leveraging our pick manager tool and all of a sudden wants to start allocating inventory to orders at the bin level? And if their inventory is accurate, then all those allocations are going to line up, they're going to get there, the inventory is going to be there. If one bin is inaccurate and the system thinks that inventory is there, now you've got an exception when the task picker shows up at the bin, the inventory's not there, now I gotta figure out where else is it, right? Is that inventory allocated to another order? Is that the time consuming process you're talking about?
0: Yeah, that's a good example of a situation where um, not having accuracy is going to cause you you know pain within the operation and time because that user is gonna have to stop. They're gonna have to report an exception. So they're not doing what they're what what they want to do, which is, you know, in that case pick and fulfill an order for a customer. And, um, they're going to now involve a supervisor's time to figure out what's wrong. Somebody's going to be looking in the system. So those are, that's exactly the type of exception that can really consume a lot of time unnecessarily, you know, in, in the warehouse environment.
2: So slowing down to do counts will help you go faster in the warehouse.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, it's something that customers can invest in, you know, and we cycle counting again, the ongoing process of counting as opposed to doing it sort of in a one-time event, um, is is just a great investment for warehouses to spend time on and on that in an ongoing basis, a week to week, month to month basis, particularly in in, in running day to day, but also in preparing for peak season when you've got, you know, you really don't want to be dealing with inventory accuracy at those crunch moments in the business where you may have high seasonality like we're rolling into right now coming into uh, holiday season.
1: I want to ask a a question that is a little bit off track just kind of around counting. And I, I think I know the answer, but I'll let, I'll let you guys answer. Um, my, my thought here is we're talking about why this is so important. Um, and I know that we recommend counting when you implement RF smart, but for customers who haven't done that, what should that process look like and how can we kind of include this new feature now, um, in that planning?
0: Sure. Um, it's going to be a little bit different for every business. You know, some of the things, and, and this is why one of the first steps that any customer should do is is sit down and ask themselves what makes sense for them as regards to counting. And, and things that will drive the answers to that are things like, well, how many items or SKUs do I have? Are those SKUs consistent in my business or am I in a business where SKUs cycle in and cycle out all the time, right? Um, how big is my warehouse space, and, and what is my strategy going to be for, for allocating time and resources to do this? It may be that only, you know, two or four hours a week of one associate might be all that's needed uh, to, to have a reasonable ongoing cycle counting program for, for a business. But it's always going to depend on the size of the business, how many items, you know, are involved in the warehouse, how many locations the customer has to to involve with counting. But as a first step is really sitting down and formulating that strategy. If it's not something the customer has already done and has some sort of practice around, Um so once that's done and as it relates to this particular feature um, if you are familiar with and have been creating counts with RF smart well our stock count plans essentially have similar characteristics as it relates to the parameters you set which items do you want to include what locations or bins are going to be involved in a particular account and so that strategy of counting then gets represented in those plans um, thinking about the other things that need to be considered or just just that cadence you know how often do I want to count do I want this some items you might want to count weekly because they're highly important to the business maybe they're high movers or maybe they're tied to critical customers or you know Amazon maybe you're selling you know through Amazon and that so these are items that you know are most important to be accurate for customers and for the revenue of the business um and then as velo- as, as other items might have less velocity maybe they don't need to be counted as frequently so a common a common setup for cycle counting might look like you know you might come count a handful of critical items every week you might count some other items every month some kind of ones maybe only quarterly and items that you know that aren't uh, don't move as fast but you need to still keep accounting for it they may only be counted you know once or twice a year
1: that's interesting because I never thought about only having to count certain things at certain times right like in my mind oh man we're gonna have to count everything all the time and that makes that to me makes it a lot easier if you're really strategizing and thinking okay, This is the stuff I know we have to count all the time. This is stuff we're maybe counting quarterly. That's very good um, advice. Seth, what about on your team? Is there... Um, any kind of best practice advice that you guys give around counting or how would how would you kind of implement this tool for maybe a new RF smart customer?
2: Yeah, we get that question often in the sales cycle when we get to that point. They go, well, what's how do other customers do this? What's the best practice? And as Robert mentioned, it it really depends on your business overall. We have customers that are publicly traded and they're required by auditors. They have to do a full physical inventory at the end of every month and it's required by an auditor. We have other customers that are ATF-regulated, and they're also required to do a full physical of only the serialized items. They don't maybe care about the small accessories on these firearms, but these serialized components are ATF-regulated, so they have to be able to tell you exactly where every single one of those are sitting in their facility. So it really does vary. So what I tell people is there are best practices depending on the type of business, but more importantly... What's important is as you're looking for a tool, you want flexibility in that tool because what's a best practice for an apparel company isn't going to be the best practice for a company selling computers and accessories because it's very different models. The apparel company, as Robert mentioned, is going to be seasonal. So the spring collection will come in and then guess what? They're going to move straight to the fall collection. So maybe they do a count near the end of the season so they can determine what's left, how big of a sale do we need to put this on? How much more do we need to order? Do we need to keep more product in stock? Um, Robert made a really good point around the the Amazon side, right? So Amazon, if you had a picking warehouse or a, a zone in your warehouse dedicated to seller fulfilled prime, well, if you sell the same Yeti cup on your website, then if you don't have it in stock, you're not going to get really billed for that. You lost the sale. If you sell that through Amazon's channel and you don't have it in stock, you're losing the sale, but you're also taking a fine from Amazon. So that skew, the same skew in my Amazon channel is critically more important than it is in my own website channel simply because the billbacks, that would come from Amazon.
1: That makes sense. I, you guys have both done really great jobs of providing kind of examples of um, of customer experiences. So I want to move into this um, kind of take a moment we're going to imagine together um, because I want our customers to really be able to put themselves into, um, you know, into, oh, I guess we want to put ourselves into our customer's shoes and kind of talk about who would use this. What are some use cases for it? Maybe we can come up with a few scenarios um, that stock count planning, um, you know, might be really, really critical.
2: So I think the the most common question I get when we start to demonstrate our account planning tool and show all these features, there's two common scenarios. And Robert, let me know if you think these are the probably most common. One is, can I count based off an ABC classification? So that ABC classification can mean something different to each customer. For me, A's could be my high dollar items. I sell Mac computers. My Mac computers are A's. My Chargers are C's They're not that important They are just accessories If your charger cable gets a a break in it You can get another one I don't sell a lot of them I'm more worried about my computers I could be uh, a different company And my A's could be my high velocity items So um, let's say I'm selling candy Well the A's might be the Snickers And the C's may be some candy that nobody eats whatever's in your grandma's candy jar, right? Sits in the back. No, I don't sell a lot of it. I'm not that worried about it, but I need to make sure I always have Snickers in because that's the most important. So it could be dollar value. It could be based on velocity. So that's a very common question is, can I count by item classification? And that's part of the NetSuite inventory item record already. It's a a record that exists. You can classify um, A, B, or C. The second... And I'll let Robert talk to this would be bin range. Well, I want to break my warehouse up. People try to think very simplistic. Can I set up a bin range and just have one person count everything in an aisle, for example? And there are different use cases to that, but maybe you want to expound upon the the bin range concept. Yeah, sure.
0: Um you know, well, for locations that are using bins and, and you know, in a typical warehouse environment, whether it's shelving or racking or whatever the storage system is. Um, those those bins are typically going to be named in some sort of system that represents a physical area. So, the concept of bin range might be you know create you know create an account to count a particular aisle. Um, and as Seth was mentioning, depending on the counting strategy, whether you know item classification is more important or you know counting by area is more important, will depend on the customer's physical warehouse setup. If let's say they've got items and they really just store them in one place, well, then counting by area might be perfectly acceptable for for a business. It might be an approach that makes sense. Um, We've also added two things also into the product that I should make mention of recently that that relate to the bin range and and product classification and that we have also added um, the ability to tag items with specific groupings for counting as well as bins. So in addition to the range, we actually give you the ability both on the, the item record level and the bin record level to create whatever groups you want so if a range didn't work for you exactly because maybe sequentially that range may not work but you wanted to create you know let's say a low counting zone and a high counting zone where the number system doesn't really work for a range we've given the ability to um assign any counting group to any item and any bin and then include one or multiple of those on any count so we've added a lot of flexibility by bringing those adding those parameters into both of the um our base.counting form, as well as the count planning forms that, that, that are a part of this feature.
1: So I think that um, that those are really both great use cases. What I'm hearing is, if you are counting inventory and you're using RF Smart to do it, if you're not, give us a call. But if you're using RF Smart to count inventory, you can use this feature. This is helpful for any person at any time counting.
2: Right, I'd say if you're an RF Smart customer today and you're counting with us, great. Right. The good news is there's an easier way to do it to build even more discipline in. Right. So you now are going to save the time of manually creating those counts and releasing them. But you're already ahead of the game in the fact that you're leveraging counting. You're probably one of the customers we don't hear from because you actually use the tool and count your inventory. If you're an RF smart customer and you are not counting with us, and there are various reasons why customers don't, sometimes. You know, they're focused on their ERP Go Live, and what's most critical for them day one is I just need to be able to get inventory in, put it on the shelf, and get it out the door. So they're laser-focused. They're under a tight timeline. They're not thinking about the tool holistically. They're thinking about what's most critical day one, and they sort of get into that sprint mode, and then they never really leave it. They get stuck into the cycle of just using the same four or five functions of RF Smart, and maybe they even created their menu, so they hid those count functions from their custom menu in R F Smart more reason they would forget about it. Uh, Other customers may be overwhelmed in the fact that, well, I don't have time to go in and set these counts up. So the good news for that bucket of customers would be, it's now very, very easy. You probably spend, depending on your business and how many plans you would need, how much time do you think it would take if somebody sat down and said, okay, I'm a business with, you know, 500 SKUs to a thousand SKUs, and I want to set up count plans for my business. As far as legwork, what do you think that time looks like for maybe simple item class or bin zones, for example?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think if, if you've already got your strategies formulated, the setup for something like that is going to be a couple hours maybe. And it sort of depends highly on what you're going to do. Like if, you know, if, you, if you're just counting by ranges, you don't really have any data to deal with. It's just setting up the plans and that'll be quite quick. If you want to create some more specific things, Around item ca- classifications and bin counting groups. And you've got a little data work to do, but it's a one time effort generally. And then once you've got it in, um, it's just set up work that you can continue to releverage.
2: So the value is a lot of customers that don't use our counting tool regularly are still counting, but they're doing it when it's mandatory. So it's end of the year, they got to close their books and they go, I'm going to count everything now. And they end up shutting down for a day or two to do that full count. When realistically, they could have set up our count scheduler counted throughout the year, right? Maintained accurate inventory, which limits all of those downstream impacts. And then you can do all of that. And we probably mentioned this in the other accounting podcast, but you can run all of these counts and plans and schedules in tandem with all of the picking plans and waves and zones and counts or in general picking. You don't have to shut your operations down or freeze inventory to run these counts or execute them. Out on the floor
0: yeah and, I, and I'm, I'm I can't resist but pile on to something he said a second ago and that and that's you know with regards to counting as an ongoing practice that's that as he was mentioning the getting into sprint mode that's that's the thing that I think you know you see operations unfortunately sometimes get into that really um, they pay for later which is not paying attention to something like this because of the busyness of the day of what might be going on and not investing into the, that, that, and, and it really comes back to haunt you a little bit. And, and back to the earlier question around what well, would it take a new customer to adopt it? Um, that would be something that we would highly encourage. Don't wait on counting. Like if you're a new business or, or you're moving and coming on a net, so you an RF smart um, or maybe you've just done that recently. Counting should happen early and continue to happen early. It's not something go, okay, well, it's not mission critical. So I'll wait to get to it later is something that you should be trying to invest in from the from day one.
2: I think the theme here, if I had to summarize it, all I hear is our COO, Stephen Morgan, in my ear, because he tells us this all the time, is you have to slow down to sharpen the saw to go faster. And to me, I think counting is the slowing down and sharpening the saw because your fulfillment will go faster, you'll have less downstream impacts, and ultimately you'll get more inventory out the door every day.
0: I'm going to date myself here. <laughs> and uh, you can edit this out if this doesn't work. <laughs> Because maybe I'm old. Does everybody really know Days of Thunder? Like, I always think of, like, the moment Robert Duvall, like, when they, when, um, when he races around the track and he's trying to teach him the lesson about tires and being in control. And he has him do the race to- twice, once his way and once um, once the way the driver's doing. Well, I can't think of it. It's Tom Cruise's. And they run around the track, you know, multiple times. And at the end of the day, Robert Duvall plants the tire on the ground and said, look, my tire's per- still perfect condition and I'm six seconds faster. That's kind of a good metaphor for this of, of you know, investing in, and ultimately the operation will be better um, if you invest in the good practices as you're as you're operating.
1: So what I'm hearing is like, don't sleep on counting if you are not counting regularly. And and something that came up in the the podcast we did about annual counts, if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to it if you're counting annually, um, is that if you are cycle counting, it can actually depending on your regulations, who you are, it's, you know depending on your business, it can get you out of annual accounting. Sometimes um, your auditors may accept it in place of an annual count, And so it's something to consider um, because it does save you time and money, right? To not have to shut down your business, shut down your operations, bring other people in to count, um, you know, have to use additional licenses, whatever, all of these things that um, might end up kind of costing you in the long run. Um, it can actually kind of save you time if you're doing the cycle counting. So if you, because Seth, you brought up a good point that people might just forget, right? Or we only do it when we have to. Um, so don't sleep on cycle counting. Um, don't sleep on counting. Make sure that, um, you know, to, to quote our friends, Matt and Jeremy, what starts right stays right, right? So start at the very beginning and then continue to to cycle count. Um, so we've, we've kind of answered our, our W questions. Um, I want to answer some hows. And so, um, Robert, can you tell us how to use this product? Um, and then Seth, I'm going to let you tell us how you can get the product.
0: Sure. Um, so there's, there's really two primary steps and I'll, and I'll talk about them at a high level and then I'll go into a little more detail on each one. um, the two things that are involved in the count planning feature is the plan itself, and a plan essentially represents a configuration for creating a count. The same parameters that if you're if you're using our, our create count functionality today, similar parameters that you would see. What location do you want this to apply to? What bins might do you, you want to put a bin range or a set of bins? Um, do you want to include or not include item fulfillment quantities? All the all the different parameters we have are there, um, and so however your strategy for counting is, you're creating a plan to represent that configuration. If you were using it, doing an example like Seth was talking about earlier, let's say you want to have four different groups of items to count based upon those items' importance or maybe their velocity. Uh, maybe you might set up four plans, one for each item group. Um, and so, going the first step is really going through the creation of those plans that basically represent the configurations for how you want to create create stock counts. Uh, the second step is, um, and this is honestly optional. And so, um, we, I think we would encourage customers to use this other part, but the scheduling part is not doesn't necessarily have to be used. You can create counts as, as configurations that, you know, are working for the business and reuse them and run them. We, we provide you the ability to run them from that saved configuration ad hoc. If the user just wants to press run plan and, and create a stock count, that's still an option. Um, But we would encourage customers to use the second part of it, which is scheduling. And so um, once the count is created, then you have the ability to decide what schedule you want these to be created on. Um, So if it's weekly or the 15th of every month or on Sunday nights, uh, we give you a lot of flexibility on defining that schedule and associating it to one or or multiple plans. Um, And once those schedules are created, then the system essentially is going to automatically kick off and create counts. Uh, I should also mention you have the ability to decide what time of day. So if you want this to not run in the middle of operations, you want you know the system process to kick off, you want it to happen at midnight, you have the ability to dictate the schedule of when the counts uh, creation process will actually happen inside the system. Um, but those are the two main steps, really just you know, setting up the plan configurations for your counts and then, and then creating schedules for, for your accounts. And once that's done, um, counts get created automatically. And you know if you were set up, I think another example back to we were talking about use cases, you know, maybe you had 10 stores and you're using items and you want to count seasonal items or something like Seth was mentioning. Um, You could have those, you know, those count plans set up to create, you know, for each of your store, 10 store locations on a, you know, Sunday afternoon, that are going to come back in Monday and do counting. Um, And all that can happen, you know, automatically. So
1: two only two steps to do it. That's pretty, that is easy. Two steps you can Mm -hmm. remember. Um, Seth, tell us, how do you get this feature?
2: So I'm actually kind of excited to to talk about how you get this feature because we talked about work order reporting last time. And in that case, everybody probably got really excited in the podcast and said, oh, well, I have to buy this module uh, to get this functionality. The good news in count planning is this is a feature we've added to our core product. So if you own any of our standard count functions today as part of your licensing, then this is available as part of a bundle update at no additional cost. So when I answer the question commonly to customers, well, what do I pay for in support? Right. So they look at their contract and says, what does support include? I often answer, well, support, of course, is if you had an issue, you could call our support desk or global. It also includes our smart keeping up with the Netsuit releases. So Robert talked about that being part of his job. So kind of the defensive, as NetSuite continues to change and push releases, we keep up with that. And then the third bucket would be exactly what we're talking about today. As we invest R&D into our product and build out new functionality, that comes out as a release at no additional cost. So that's really part of that ongoing support as we tend to make our product better and better throughout the year. So if you're intending to take a bundle release, you're going to have that automatically Uh, Otherwise, you could certainly reach out to our help desk and request a bundle update. And at that point, you'll then have the count scheduling tool at your disposal.
1: So it is for free.
2: It is free. Good good for our customers, bad for sales, but it's very free.
1: (laughs) No, that's very good for our customers. So if you're listening and you got really excited, all you have to do is update if you haven't done that already. Um, So that's very exciting news. Well, thank you, Robert, and your team for coming up with such a great... Um, a great feature guys. Thank you so much for being here today. I cannot believe that this is the last episode of the year. I can't believe we've done a whole season of taking inventory. Um, I just wanted to take a moment and say to our customers who are listening, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for supporting this podcast. Thank you for um, providing feedback and letting me know what kind of episodes you want to hear. It's truly been um, a dream come true this year to be able to do this for you. And so, uh, Seth, Robert, thank you guys. For those of you listening, next steps for you, I'll make sure that I leave a link to all of the podcasts that we referenced in this episode so you can go back and listen to others. Um, And I'll also leave some counting resources for you. One final question for you guys. If I'm a customer and I have questions about this and I want to implement it and I don't know how, who should I contact
0: yeah. So, if depending on um, where you are in the process, if you're a new customer and you're just you know starting, if you're in the process of implementing or just implemented, you're likely working with a business analyst that was part of helping you uh, get Rf Smart implemented and configured. So that would be uh, the right person to contact. If you're somebody that's been an Rf Smart customer for a while and you're well out of implementation, uh, you've been at this point likely are with our um, our support organization. So reading, reaching out to our support organization for questions, um, we do publish help documentation as well so and and we hope that that is extraordinarily useful and gives you step by step we certainly constructed in that manner to try to explain what the feature is and how to set up the configuration so uh we we'll certainly encourage customers to take a look at that as a first step to some familiarize yourself and then if you've got questions on uh, on the feature then then reach out and, and, and ask ask whatever question you have
1: great thanks robert thanks seth um For those of you listening, thanks again. Uh, We'll see you in the new year. New episodes of Taking Inventory in 2021. Have a great holiday season and a happy new year. And we'll see you then.